Hello and welcome to the Trinity Podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And for more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode, we're going to be diving into part two of our series about the nine diets to avoid in 2021 for women over 40. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's Trinity Podcast. So at this point we are well into December and 2020 is almost over and most people are probably not going to start a new fitness program right now although saying that me and Rob have actually spoken to a few women who have signed up before Christmas and they're quite keen to get going now so you know some people are not going to get started now but um others are but the approach that most people take and an approach that we probably recommend to our clients as well is to kind of relax over Christmas don't take it too seriously don't really try to you know smash it out of the park with your weight loss goals just kind of maintain yourself over Christmas and then start again in January which you know I think makes makes quite a lot of sense so we've been helping women who are in their 40s and their 50s to lose weight for years now and one thing that we see year after year is women in this age group who try to lose weight in January only to not see any movement on the scales. And that can be really, really frustrating and leave women feeling trapped and unable to get the results they want with their body. So, you know, working hard on that new diet all week and then seeing no results whatsoever in the mirror or starting a year out with good intentions and then just giving up after the first few weeks when, you know, when the scales are not moving and just ending up putting on more weight and then dressing to cover up problem areas instead of wearing what they like. And lots of women in this situation are kind of just worried that they'll never be able to get their weight under control because nothing seems to be working anymore. And that's never a nice position to be in. So luckily there is a way for women over 40 to see rapid results with their body in terms of losing weight, getting fitter, getting healthier. And it just comes down to avoiding the approaches which don't work for women in this age group. And we covered the first few in the first part of this podcast. So just listen to last week's episode if you want to know what those first few were. Um, and the second thing is just choosing something that's more tailored to your body and more tailored to your age, which will actually give you the results you're looking for. So in today's podcast, we're going to reveal the, I think, four final strategies for women over 40, which we would say you should probably avoid in 2021 because they're not going to work that well and we're going to show you what to do instead if you want to drop one to two dress sizes and feel confident wearing everything anything you like before next summer so the first thing we're talking about today is one thing i hear all the time people mentioning it's been around for a while now but it's called intermittent fasting and you may have heard about this you may have tried this so essentially intermittent fasting is reducing the amount of time you have to eat to a smaller window so it could be is it the 16 8 is the classic one right that's um where you fast for 16 hours and then you eat for eight hours your eating window is usually about 12 to 8 p.m or 1 till 9 p.m something like that now it's kind of sold as there's loads of magic things that happen like it's going to accelerate your metabolism and fasting is going to have all these benefits for anti-aging and there's some debate about whether that's true or not. And as far as I'm aware, it sounds like there may be some anti-aging benefits to this, but there's no real secret to why intermittent fasting works. The reason it can help is because it reduces the amount of time you actually have to eat. Because if you can eat all day at any point, 
you're likely to eat more food than if you can only eat for eight hours. So you can't have breakfast or maybe you can't have that those late night snacks. Because in our experience, a lot of eating, overeating happens later into the evening, like nine, 10 o'clock when you're bored, you're on the sofa, you're exhausted, and then you have that bottle of wine. And before you know it, it's gone, or you 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 know you open that pack of Maltesers and you have you think you're gonna have a couple, and then again you've you've eaten the whole thing. That's kind of when a lot of eating happens. And then again, breakfast can just add some extra calories to your day. So if you cut out breakfast or you cut out that late night eating or both, you're gonna be actually eating a few less calories. So it's not some sort of magical fat burning approach. In theory, it should work for some people to lose weight because you're restricting the amount of time you can eat and therefore the amount you can eat. However, there's a lot of ways to still mess it up. And this is why we don't recommend the only thing you do is intermittent fasting. It's something we might recommend to certain clients if it's going to suit that person. If someone doesn't feel hungry in the morning, we don't make them eat breakfast. You don't have to eat breakfast. If someone um, is overeating in the evening, it might be a good idea to have a limit, you know, a cut off time when they stop eating. But it's very, very easy for people to still overeat in the eating window. You don't have to eat that much food to, to overeat, especially if it's involving alcohol or, you know, sugary comfort foods and things like this. It doesn't take many biscuits or many crisps or much alcohol to, to, to still overeat, even if you're doing it in eight hours. And then the other reason we find this doesn't actually work so well for a lot of people is because it doesn't deal with the root causes of a lot of weight gain over 40. So it doesn't tackle the stress problem that we've talked about a lot. Listen to our episode on cortisol, the stress hormone, if you haven't already, um, if you don't have an understanding of that, but the stress hormone cortisol can um, cause a lot of issues for weight loss over 40. You, you get a lot more receptive. What's the word um, I'm looking for? you're a lot more susceptible to stress and your hormones are much more sensitive to stress when you're over 40 as a woman. It's different for men, unfortunately. So you do need to be more careful about stress and it can make it harder to eat the right amount. It can make your cravings worse and it can make it harder to get the weight off as well. So it doesn't deal with that. Intermittent fasting doesn't really deal with the stress issue at all. And it also doesn't really help with the hormonal changes. So things like perimenopause and menopause where your estrogen and progesterone levels change it doesn't really tackle those. If you're eating too much of certain foods, you could still be disrupting your hormones more. If your sleep's out of whack, you could still be disrupting your hormones. There's a lot of things that need to be in the right place for that. So what I would say is intermittent fasting can help it for the right person. It's not right for everyone. Some people do much better eating just three meals a day, but it's not a complete solution. It's just a tactic that could be part of your sort of toolbox um, but you need a bigger strategy to lose weight over 40 that deals with stress, that deals with those hormonal changes um, and make sure you're also not overeating regardless of what sort of eating window you're in. So the second thing I would say you might want to avoid in 2021 is juice diets or shake diets. So these kind of things where you know, you'll buy a load of juices in and, and you'll kind of replace some of your meals with, with juices or shakes or whatever they are. There are benefits of these type of approaches, one being that they are really, really quick and easy to follow. I mean, it's so simple to say, like, you know, all you're going to do is just replace your breakfast with this shake. You're going to drink it and that's going to get you results. So the fact they're very low effort and they're very easy to follow and very easy to stick to, it means that people people do tend to be able to stick to these for, you know, quite well. However, the drawbacks of these is then they're not really sustainable. You're not really going to sustain your results unless you plan on sticking to those new eating habits aka drinking shakes and juices for the rest of your life because as soon as you go from drinking these shakes and juices and the shakes and juices have been the kind of 
magic thing which has meant that you've lost the weight as soon as you take that away and you go back to a normal way of eating chances are all of the weight you lost is going to pile back on and everything's just going to go back to exactly the way it was so unless you're going to keep you know buying these shakes buying these meal replacements for the rest of your life it's not really a long-term strategy the other problem with these things is shakes and, and meal replacements in general are often packed with sugar as well. So while they might help you to lose weight, they're not particularly healthy. So, you know, they're not going to be good, good for, your, for your health. They're not going to be good for your, you know, your teeth and things like that as well. And they also have the same disadvantages of a nutrition-only approach as there's rarely any exercise given with these shake diets too. So, you know, in the previous episode, we talked about nutrition-only approaches and the drawbacks of those. For example, um, when you're only focusing on nutrition and not focusing on workouts at all, you often need a very extreme approach in order to see results. Like you have to eat a very, very small amount of food to get to where you want to be in terms of losing weight without doing any exercise. The problem with this is that doing something extreme, cutting calories down really low, can actually just lead to muscle loss. It can lead to bone loss. It can lead to your metabolism slowing down. And that can be especially problematic for women over 40 where you know, muscle mass and metabolism are already starting to decrease due to age. So long-term doing a really extreme approach, you know, shake diets or any other nutrition only approach can actually make it more difficult for you to main your, maintain your weight in the future. Um, and then over time as well, like if, if you're doing a shake diet and it's very kind of restrictive and you're having a very small amount of calories per day, if it's very restrictive and it's, it's, you know, you feel starving, hungry all the time, again, you're not going to be able to stick to it long-term. Um, it may lead you to you know, get bored of just drinking shakes for every meal, having massive blowouts at the weekend, undoing all of your progress over just a couple of days. And ultimately it doesn't really deal with the root cause of why somebody might have gained weight and why people, why somebody might be struggling to lose that weight. It's just kind of a, a very short-term quick fix solution it's not going to deal with things like emotional eating or stress eating or you know the changing hormones which make it more difficult for people to lose weight um it's just going to teach you how to drink milkshakes which is not really going to be a long-term strategy so although shake diets or juice diets can be very very quick and easy very very easy to follow and, and low effort i would say they're not really going to be a long term so if if that's i would say avoid those approaches in 2021 because you know, they're probably going to give you quick results but they're not going to last for the rest of the year and you really like you were saying Ben you really pay the price as well for doing that sort of quick fix starvation approach don't you because as Ben said it's going to slow your metabolism down and you're going to lose mu loads of muscle a lot of the weight loss on ju juice diets and shake diets are a muscle loss it's not fat loss so it's going to actually make you flabbier and weaker and um, that's going to slow your metabolism down as well so you I like to say these are like a payday loan. It's like, it seems like you're going to get this great thing really quickly, like a payday loan. I'll get two grand in my bank account tomorrow, but then you've got this massive interest rate on the back of it, which you're then going to have to pay back over years. And it's the same thing with these diets. It's like, yes, you might lose a stone in the next two weeks. Half of that is muscle and load of that's water weight, but they don't tell you that. And then what's also going to happen is you're now going to have to spend the next year with a really slow metabolism, with way less muscle that you have to build back, starving, hungry. And you can reverse this. It's not like you can't, but you're going to make it a lot harder for yourself to keep the weight off. And it's the reason why most people gain all the weight back again and more afterwards very, very quickly. So as Ben said, not a sustainable approach, not a good idea. And it probably will also accelerate your aging process. So you don't really want to do that as you get older. So the next thing we're going to talk about is 
One thing, again, we hear from a lot of people and it's got, they have great attentions with this, but it's just trying to eat healthy. They're trying to eat healthier or they might call it clean eating if they're, they're putting sort of a label on it. But really they're just trying to focus on like healthy foods, vegetables, things that we all know are healthy, like fruit, veg, um, meat, things that are not packaged or processed, fish, lots of fish. It might be, might be a vegetarian approach to that. Might even be a vegan approach to that. We talked about vegan diets last time why they're also not a good idea but the thing is there's a lot of benefits to this like eating healthier food does make you healthier the stuff you put into your body directly impacts your health how long you're going to live for all of that stuff so it is great for that and you can usually expect to see better energy levels as well because if you're doing that and you're also cutting out things like sugar and alcohol which generally bring people's energy levels down then you're probably going to have better energy and your body isn't having to process out all these toxins and strange processed foods and massive ingredients lists and stuff like that. So it does help in there. And you may also eat less in terms of calories if you can stick to it. So it might work for weight loss. So for some people, this might work. But in a lot of cases, we speak to loads of people who are just trying to eat healthier or clean eat and it doesn't, it isn't working. They're not seeing their weight on the scales change at all. And they're putting it down to aging or something like that. And whilst it is probably just not the right approach for them at this point, it's not really age that's the reason for that. The reason is usually because it's actually just very difficult to just try and gradually eat a little bit better. Like a lot of people will try and do this, but they're still having those unhealthy snacks afterwards. So they're having really great meals, they're cooking them from scratch, they're putting all this effort in, but then they're having that chocolate bar in the evening or they're having the quality street or they're having the half a bottle of wine. And it's just a bit too wishy-washy and vague usually. So that, that means that you could easily eat too much of this other stuff and then negate all those healthy meals. And then the other thing we see all the time as well is people, they're cooking all this stuff from scratch, but just because you cook something from scratch doesn't mean it's going to be low enough in calories for you to lose weight. You have to eat the right amount of calories for you in order to lose weight. And if you eat too many, it doesn't matter if it's from healthy food or if it's from unhealthy food, processed food, Either way, you're not going to lose weight. So you could have the, for example, you could do the common thing of having the same size portion as your partner or just too big a portion for you that maybe you could have got away with 10 years ago, but you can't now. And despite it being a home cooked meal, there's too many calories in it. It might have too much oil. It might have too much butter. It might have too fatty cut meat. It, it, there's lots of ways that a healthy meal can still be really high in calories. So it will still cause you to gain weight if you do that. There's also the case that it's just not very flexible. Like if you're just trying to eat clean eat, you then have to have these sort of really strict boundaries on like what is clean eating and what's not. So you might not be able to eat with friends because it doesn't fall into that thing. They might be having a pizza night or a takeaway and you don't know how to make that work. Um, so it's pretty hard to stick to long term. And this can lead to people kind of going, sod it, I give up, I'll just eat what I used to eat because it's too complicated and it's, it's just a bit too vague and wishy-washy to know if you're succeeding with it or not. And then lastly, if you are only clean eating and not combined with the right type of exercise, then it has the same drawbacks Ben mentioned before about nutrition only approaches, like you're gonna to have to starve yourself, it's gonna mess up your metabolism, it's gonna cause bone loss as well. So regardless of that bit though, the main thing is clean eating and health, just trying to eat healthier is just not specific enough in our experience for most women over 40. Like your body and hormones and metabolism and the way you react to stress, all of that stuff is changing and you can't get away with such a sort of unspecific, vague sort of approach where there's, there's too much freedom. We just don't see it works very well. You need a bit more structure. You need something that's going to be specific and tailored to you now. Um, and that, that 
that might be part of it, improving your food choices. It's something we do with our diet makeover um, for all of our clients, but it's not the whole strategy again. It's just like intermittent fasting. It's a tactic that needs to be applied at the right time, but it's not the whole solution. And it's, it generally doesn't work that well on its own. And then the final thing, the final kind of dieting approach to avoid in 2021 is one where you're only focused on mental health or mindset without exercise and nutrition. Now, of course, there are so many benefits of working on your mindset, and it's something I would recommend that, that most people do. I mean, all of our clients, we have them doing mindset routines. I do mindset work every day, whether that's meditation or journaling or other written mindset exercise, examining thoughts and things like that. And it can be amazing for helping you to, to, to kind of reduce stress, to deal with day-to-day -day life better, to feel happier, to feel better, to feel um, more confident. And it's generally a really, really good thing to do. However, if you're only focused on mental health, if you think, right, I'm just going to sort my, my mental health out, I'm just going to kind of get myself in the right headspace, get myself in the right mindset. It's not necessarily dealing with the unhealthy habits that you may also have with food and exercise. And health is kind of a combination of both the mental and the physical if you don't have good mental health you're not going to feel great if you don't have good physical health you're also not going to feel great they kind of go hand in hand when your mindset is good and your body's in a good place as well then you kind of then you really do can really can, can kind of feel good it's really really difficult to feel happy to feel positive without moving enough so doing Plenty of exercise. Exercise will release endorphins. It will make you feel good. It will literally, literally release happy hormones and chemicals into your body. Um, even just moving, moving, as in kind of getting more steps and getting out of the house, getting out and about. It's really, really difficult to feel great without that. If you're just sat at home on the just on your sofa, hardly moving, maybe just going to the desk to do work and then going back to the sofa, it's really, really hard to keep yourself in a nice, happy, positive mindset. And it's always, it's also hard to feel great without putting the right food in your body. So if you're living on a diet um, where you know, you're drinking too much, you're eating loads and loads of sugary foods, you're eating loads of unhealthy things, takeaways, and you're constantly feeling you know, bloated and sluggish and run down and unhealthy, you're not feeding your body the nutrition and the, the, you know, the vitamins and the minerals that it needs to work efficiently, you're not gonna feel great. Your energy is gonna be bad. Um, and then combine that with a lack of exercise, it's really, really difficult to keep your to keep yourself feeling good in that situation. And there's a really strong correlation between people who don't exercise and people who eat low quality food and food and drink too much. And then also and then people who end up with poor mental health as a result. And one of the first things that if you go to a doctor and say, you know, I'm not feeling great, I'm not not feeling that happy, I'm feeling a bit depressed, etc. Um, one of the first things that they'll recommend is that you go out and get more exercise. That's always one of the first things they recommend, that you go and get yourself out of the house more, do more exercise, get yourself moving, because it has such a massive, it's such a strong effect on your mental health. Um, another good example of this is, is I found, I think myself and then another friend of mine has had the same sort of thing, but I used to drink a, quite a lot of cups of like full strength caffeine coffee per day. And drinking a few cups of coffee per day, I felt, I, I had like, anxious feelings constantly i felt a bit anxious all of the time just like a low level of anxiety and i was thinking there's, there's two ways i can deal with this um either i'm gonna have to keep drinking the coffee but do loads and loads of mindset work looking at my thoughts and like de-stressing and meditation etc to keep the those anxious feelings down or i just stop drinking coffee just 
drink decaf instead, all of that anxiety and everything just, just comes right down immediately. So the foods you eat and the things that you choose to do, they have a massive impact on, on the way you feel. Another strong correlation would be um, with alcohol as well. If you're constantly feeling hungover because you're always drinking, um, it's gonna be really, really difficult to keep yourself feeling positive and keep yourself feeling happy. So if you only focus on mental health and you completely neglect your physical health and your nutrition, the whole thing is not really gonna to come together. Eventually the, the poor physical health and poor nutrition is gonna drag the mental health down with it and everything's gonna come crumbling down. So whatever approach you take in the new year, I would definitely make sure you choose something which does have a mindset um, element to it. Cause especially for people who are very stressful with busy careers, they leave, they lead complicated lives. They've got a lot to deal with and a lot going on. Also people who've, you know, maybe dealt with them, things like emotional eating and things in the past, working on your mindset can be really helpful for improving that. But if you're not working on nutrition and exercise at the same time, it's not really going to work. So just make sure that you find something which focuses on exercise and nutrition and also mindset. So what is the solution then? Ben's kind of hinted at it just there. What is the best thing to do then? We've talked about the things not to do in 2021. So what are the best things to do for you if you're a woman over 40? Well, first of all, as Ben said there, you need some sort of holistic approach that's going to hit all the key things that you need for good mental and physical health and to lose weight. So and it's going to work on your, you know, the right kind of exercise for you that's going to keep stress levels low to moderate and it's going to work with your changing hormones. You're going to need to have the right nutritional approach. It's not too extreme. Again, that's going to manage those stress levels correctly and um, get your hormones into the best possible balance um, going forward. And then you're also going to need something that's going to work on your mindset and your mental health around that so that you can deal with the stressful situations around you again to keep that stress level at bay so that a your hormones are in the right place uh, and b as well you don't turn to food and drink because you're not managing your stress properly so you need something that's going to fit around your life that's going to be sustainable long term you need something that's keeps stress levels low to moderate and that's going to work with your changing hormones and in our experience for women over 40 you also need something with it that's a sort of flexible approach to nutrition so it doesn't ban anything it's not so extreme that you're not allowed to have certain stuff because then it's only ever going to be temporary so it needs to be flexible so you can eat with the family you can eat with friends you can travel for work and you can still make it work you're going to need to be able to eat a balance of carbs proteins and fats as well as alcohol so you're not banning whole food groups either and for most people not banning alcohol either but just finding a better balance with that and it's going to focus on some low impact strength training. That's the best form of exercise by none for, for women over 40 because it's going to increase your metabolism whilst keeping stress levels low. So that's exactly what we do, funnily enough, inside our Fit Over 40 program because it is designed for women over 40 with high stress levels and changing hormones. For example, women in a you know, high pressure job, that's the kind of person we work with who's got a very stressful life but wants to get the weight moving again. The weight's been creeping up over the last few years um, and they can't seem to find a way to lose it. That's what we specialize in. And the clients we work with typically lose one to two stone within 12 weeks. So by the end of March next year, if you started in January, you could already be a couple of stone lighter on the way to wearing whatever you want in the summer and feeling great. And hopefully we're allowed to go on holiday and enjoy all of those things. So if that sounds good to you, if you want to make a change next year and you're a woman over 40, Ben, where can people go to find out more? So to find out more, just head to www.fit40info.com and you can grab all the details there. And 
just kind of a, as an example of one of our clients who has, who has managed to do exactly what Rob has gone through there um, to see massive success in a, in a kind of over 40. I just want to give you an example of Julie, who's our client from, from Devon. So she said to us, before I started, I was an unhappy 12 to 14, probably 14. I lacked confidence, felt frumpy, and generally felt that nothing I wore looked nice on me. I felt like people judged me on my size. I tried Weight Watchers and had been successful years ago, but since turning 50 and hitting menopause, nothing I had done before was working. I tried Slimming World for a day, but after being told to eat low calorie foods and being given no sensible advice, I decided it wasn't for me. Looking at Trinity, I thought it might be too restrictive and all about taking the money, but not giving any new information. But that was just a small part of me. Everything in the advert resonated to me. So I wanted to believe it could work. And she said, since joining Trinity, I've lost about 22 pounds. I'm more toned to the point people have said they want my arms. I've lost 14 centimeters from my waist and gone down two dress sizes. I'm stronger physically and emotionally. I've gained the confidence to leave situations that don't serve me, to find and join new groups, to change roles at work. I've spent years refusing to wear shorts and vest tops for running. Now I have no issue doing this and I'm running stronger and faster than I ever have. And if you wanna find out more about the methods that, that Julie used to make that amazing transformation, just head over to www.fit40info.com. You can get all of the details there. So that just wraps about wraps it up, if I can speak, about wraps it up for today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll join you again next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast. We'll see you then. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.